The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, August 23rd, 2021. The woman in your life will do what she must do To comfort you and calm you down And let you rest now The woman in your life, she can rest so easily She does everything you do because the woman in your life is you Good morning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and co-producer, Ken Norton. Good, Good morning. morning. Oh, wonderful yeah, day. Sorry about the glitch here. We're having a problem with the other mic. Oh, that's okay. You know, we're live now here in the studio, so, you know, anything can happen. You just got to go with the flow of I don't know. That's the name of, that's that's our mantra, Ken and ours. Well, anyway, August 26th, which is this Thursday, uh, is Women's Equality Day and the 101 anniversary of the 19th Amendment to the United States Constitution that granted American women the right to vote a right known as women's suffrage and was ratified on August 18, 1920, ending almost a century, a century, that's almost a 100 years of protest. Actually, it was uh, 72 years, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. To talk about Women's Equality Day and to provide us with an overview of where we are as women after 101 years having the right to vote. Uh, joining me on the phone will be Molly Murphy McGregor, who is the ex- executive uh, director and one of the co-founders of the National Women's Alliance. Uh, at one time, it was called the National Women's Project. Now, it's called the National Women's Alliance. Well, you know, as I do every week, I always give an overview. Our history is our strength. And I want to give a little background about Women's Equality Day. And then, you know, we're going to have a wonderful conversation with Molly. But I think it's important that we get just a little bit of background. Well, in 1848, the movement for women's rights launched on a national level with the Seneca Falls Convention organized by Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Lucida Mott. Following the convention, the demand for the vote became a centerpiece of the women's rights movement. Stanton and Mott, along with Susan B. Anthony and other activists, raised public awareness and lobbied the government to grant voting rights to women. Listen to this. After a lengthy battle, 72 years from 1848 to 1920, these groups finally emerged victorious with the passage of the 19th Amendment. Even after that, women's history, and it was not until 1980 uh, that our guest for today, Molly McGregor, and her organization, her group, her her, her committed activist, uh, created the Women's History Nas- the National Women's History Project. So let me tell you just a little bit about this. This is very important, and it was created right here in Sonoma County. I was really shocked. I I had dinner with a, some lovely people that had been in the county for probably about forty years now, and they had no idea about the National Women's History Project or that 
with the fact that it was founded here in Sonoma County. So let's do a little history on the uh, the National uh, Women's History Project, which now is known as the National Women's History Alliance. In 1980, the National Women's History Project, NWHP, was founded in Santa Rosa, California, by Molly Murphy McGregor, Mary Ruth Stoddard, Maria Cuevas, Paula Hammett, and Betty Morgan to broadcast women's historical achievements. And I have to say something, you know, one of my claims to fame is that Molly and I, we went to Sonoma State together, and I remember walking walking to class with her one day, talking about women in art, how little we knew about it. Well, the NWHB started by uh, leading a coalition that successfully lobbied Congress to designate March as National Women's History Month, now celebrated across the land. Isn't that amazing? Until 1980, and right here in our county, Sonoma County, it was developed, the National Women's History Project, and then for one whole month, we celebrated women in history. Today, the NWHP, now known as the National Women's History Alliance, is known nationally as the only clearinghouse providing information and training in multicultural women's history for educators, community organization, and parents for anyone and anyone wanting to expand their understanding of women's contribution to United States history. 1980. I mean, before then, I mean, who did we ever hear about? I think the only woman that I ever really got excited about was Amelia Earhart. I mean, I, I mean, not that it wasn't a great honor what she did, but I mean, I was so limited growing up, very, very limited. And now when you think of the growth and the information that we have, it's just amazing. And that's one of the things I want to talk to Molly about. What type of impact has this, uh, the Women's History Alliance, uh, you know, the women knowing, having history, having women's history in our books, having classes just dedicated to women history, what kind of impact has that made for women? So I think it's going to be a very, very interesting conversation. And, and I want to say one thing. It's, it's, it's really interesting. I was listening to Amy Goodman. I'm thinking about these young men. They call themselves, I guess, the Proud Boys, attacking uh, people around vaccinations. Uh, some people I hear are pulling masks off of their uh, children's teachers. I mean, what is going on here? And then now we have the Afghan war that we're trying to get. We're, we're finally leaving after 20 years and trillions and trillions of dollars wasted. I mean, it's just amazing. I start thinking about war and all the, all the different wars that we're engaged in. The war on the people, the war on vaccinations, you know, the war on poverty, uh, the, you know, the, the war on drugs. I mean, we have so many wars. It's ridiculous, you know, and, and also we've got a lot of conflicts. How many, how many billions of dollars are we giving to Israel for their war? And it just goes on and on. But I found something very interesting that I want to share with you that, uh, uh, our, Former President Jimmy Carter uh, told Donald Trump when he was president on he wrote him something on April 13, 2019. And this is what Jimmy Carter said. And by the way, he was one of my favorite presidents since 1979. Do you know how many times China has been at war with anybody? None. And we have stayed at war. Over its entire 242-year history, the United States has only enjoyed, I cannot believe this, folks, 16 years of peace. 
242 years of history, and we've only had 16 years of peace. I know for myself, I was born in 1940, so that means that I'm from the day I opened my eyes, the world's been in, and you know, at war. According to the former president, this makes the United States the most warlike nation in the history of the world. We have wasted. I think three trillion on military spending. China has not wasted a single penny on war, and that's why they're ahead of us in almost every way. And that was Jimmy Carter to Donald Trump in April 13, 2019. You know, if you take away the war, you take that money and you invest it in education and infrastructure and people and medical. I mean, all the things that we could use and do with those trillions of dollars and also we're in the midst of a climate tra- catastrophe i mean i can't believe in tennessee in tennessee of all places they had flash floods and they're flooding i mean mother earth is telling us we got to stop warring and we have to do a war oh if we're going to have a war let's a war on nature not a war on nature to destroy nature but a war on nature to improve it to stop and to start looking at what climate change actually is and how it's impacting all of us i mean this pandemic is awful we know it's awful but there's predictions that hey this is not going to be the first the first pandemic and you know something one thing about predictions, you know, oftentimes you hear people from the right, from the left, they're saying all kinds of things. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. Well, one of the things that was predicted was that we were not going to be able to to handle Afghanistan. We are not going to be able to help them change and transition. They were in a civil war and let them do their own thing, let them make their own changes, and hopefully they'll work it out just like we did during our revolution. So it's very important that we look at these things. And it's, it's just when here president, a former president says we wasted, I think, three trillion on military spending. And here after 242 years of existence, the United States has only had 16 years of peace. I mean, that, that's, that's mind boggling. It really is. It really is mind boggling. But the good news is, and all the time I always go into our synth, our history is our strength, the good news is, is because of women, we have been moving forward very consistently and persistently. I mean, today there are more women of color, there are more women holding office than ever before. So we know there's been an impact of women's stand-up. And, and, and I want to say happy birthday. There's a few birthdays here that are happening that I think are really important uh, to mention. Uh, this woman was born on August 22nd, 1883, and she made her transition in 1984. Her name was Ruth Underhill. She was an anthropologist and professor. She studied with Ruth Benedict, who encouraged traveling with Native women to learn their history, wrote of the Papago, Native American culture, and taught in the Bureau of Indian Affairs in schools. And it was a it was a major breakthrough that this woman made that she was able to bring information about Native Americans into the schools. And then another person that I think is really, really interesting, and this woman was born also on August 22nd, 1912, and she made her transition in 1996, and that was Cornelia Koya Knutson, the first woman 
elected to the U.S. Congress in Minnesota. She served from 1955 and 1959. She was the first woman on the Agriculture Committee, but listen to this. She was defeated after an infamous Come Home Cora letter supposedly written by her estranged husband, Koa. And listen, I looked it up what that come home was. <laughs> listen to this. This is so funny. I mean, you guys, you got to stop it already. Come home. It was a newspaper headline that that reverted around the world in May 1958, referred to the publication of a letter written by Congresswoman Newsom's husband demanding, <laughs> demanding that she abandon her political aspirations and return home to be a full-time housewife. And unfortunately, she actually lost that next time around. Isn't that, <laughs> it's just stunning. <laughs> Come home, Cora. I mean, some, I think some, I think it's an ego thing. You know, what, what's wrong with us becoming equal? We're no better than each other. A man's no better than a woman. A woman's no better than a man. We need each other. We need to come together with all this stuff. You know, you're on the low end. You're, I'm on the high end. You know, all these divisions. I mean, it, it's mind boggling. There's an old saying, united we stand, divided we fall. And you know something? We are, we are, we are divided and we're falling on so many levels and we really have to pay attention to that. Well, like I say all the time, our history is our strength. And just another reminder that August 26, 1920, uh, that's going to be this Thursday. We're celebrating 101 years since we got the right to vote by via the 19th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution ratified and granting the women the rights to vote. Then also on August 26, 1970, uh, Betty Friedan leads a nationwide protest called the Women's Strike for Equality in New York on the 50th anniversary of women's suffrage. Amazing. Amazing. Now, this is mind-boggling. Excuse me, mind-boggling. We still do not have an equal rights amendment in place. We're almost there. August 26, 1971. That was the first Women's Equality Day initiated initiated by Representative Bella Eisberg is established by President's Proclamation and reaffirmed annually. So here it is, Equal Rights Day started in 1971, and we still, we still do not have an Equal Rights Amendment. One of these days, I hope. One of the days, I hope. Now, a very special shout-out and another uh, happy birthday is August 26, 1935, and she made her transition in 2011. And man, woman, do I remember this. Geraldine Ferraro, the first woman to run for vice president of the United States on a major ticket in 1964 with Democratic candidate Walter Mondale, attorney, U.S. congresswoman in New York from 1979 to 1985. What a big deal that was. I remember it like it was yesterday, thinking, wow, wow, a woman running for vice president. Now, this is 1984, and it took us all the way to 2020, the 100th anniversary, which is very, to me, very symbolic, where we finally have a woman uh, vice president. And my hat, my a shout out to her and to all that that she is really attempting to do. Well, it's amazing. Our history is our strength, and you know, there's an old saying: "We've come a long way, baby, but we have a long way to go." We need peace. We need to stop warring. We need to take a time out. 
we have to think about the future of our children. We need to think like the Native Americans. We need to think for seven generations. What are we leaving behind for them? There's a song. There's a song by Neil Young that I am just addicted to. It's called Light a Candle. And I really want people to listen to it. Light a candle for peace. Light a candle for wisdom. Light a candle for understanding. But this song, this song is amazing. I really want to encourage, encourage my listeners to listen to the song. You can hear it on YouTube. There's one, uh, one YouTube that actually has the lyrics. And I listen to him with the lyrics in front of me so I can repeat him daily. Next week, I think maybe next, the next show, maybe I'll just do one or two lines again. But there's another another song that goes with it that's played by uh, by Frozen Heart with, that has no lyrics. So these are two songs, two different arrangements that I listen to of Light a Candle. And I, I'll tell you, it is very, very inspiring, particularly to me. Well, I have one announcement that is very important. And I want to remind folks that, again, August 26th, which is really, is really a big day when you, when you think about it. I mean, here we are celebrating 101 years since we got the vote. You know, we had the, hopefully the 2020s year. I mean, people tried to celebrate, but, you know, as you know, we got, hooked up by March and the, uh, you know, pandemic and all events and stuff had to be canceled. It was really amazing. But what was so interesting, uh, the National Organization for Women, the Sonoma County chapter, did a wonderful thing. They produced a calendar with both national and local heroes, women in it. And I have to say, I was president at the time. I kind of oversaw it, and it was a hugely success calendar. And because of the pandemic, it was actually one of the only things that really was developed uh, that's that's that has some longevity and i thought you know this should be a historical document so on uh August 26th, which is very exciting, uh, we are going to have a special program, and the calendar itself on August 24th is going to be given a, a gold resolution by the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors. It's going to be at 8.30 in the morning. It'll start, I think it's around 9 o'clock that they'll do the resolution, and you can go on to the uh, uh, Sonoma County Board of Supervisors website, and they have all the information on how to get onto the Zoom, and they're going to be issuing a wonderful, wonderful proclamation for the National Organization for Women and honoring the calendar as a historic uh, piece for Sonoma County. And on August 26th, which is actually Equality Day, the National Organization for Women, the Sonoma County chapter, is going to have a Zoom meeting and they're going to bring all the folks that are still alive, bless them all, uh, and they're going to, that were in the calendar, we have a wonderful lineup. Uh, Linda Hopkins, our Sonoma County Board of Supervisors, is going to actually read the proclamation I myself, Elaine Beholds, I was the former president, so I'm going to give a little spiel about how the calendar came together. And then Jill Ravage, our first woman district attorney, is going to speak. We have Lynn Woolsey, a former U.S. representative. Also Molly Murphy McGregor, the founder of the National Women's History Alliance. And, oh, what a blessing. Uh, Gayla Barron is going to be on, our, our historian from Sonoma County. And last but not least is Vesta Copesakes, who's the former editor of the uh, Sonoma County Gazette and let me tell you Vesta was a major funder helped us get it off the off the ground and 
uh, Rebecca Dawn and the Executive Committee for National Organization for Women just did a fabulous job. And a special thank you to the Democratic uh, Club of Santa Rosa, where they helped us to sell these calendars. We sold 400 calendars. And the Democrats, all the women's organizations helped. And we're going to have several other women's organizations that are going to be speaking. So what you have to do is go on to Facebook, now Sonoma, uh, Sonoma County Now Facebook, or you can go on www.nowsonoma.org and get all the information on how you register for the meeting on the 26th and all the good things that are, that are going on. And I think it's, it's very important that we participate. Well, we're going to take a musical break now, and then I'm going to bring on Amali McGregor. Uh, there's a song that I love, and I think it honors the uh, suffrage and the whole suffrage movement. It's called Bad Romance, and it's sung uh, by, it was uh, published by Somo Publishing, and I found out that it was a parody of Lady Gaga's Bad Romance, and the lyrics were added by Sonoma Somo Publishing. And, you know, a reminder, it took 72 years since the Seneca Falls Convention, which was the first women's rights convention till we got till we got the vote. And this song really expresses it. And when we return, I will be talking with Molly Murphy McGregor, one of the co-founders of the National Women's History Alliance. And we'll be talking about the history of the of the alliance and also what the impact has had here. We had all these years of women's history. Plus, we celebrated 100 years since we got the vote. Let's go ahead. Ken, let's uh, play the song uh, Bad Romance and let's get Molly McGregor on the phone. It's a horror, a cruel design that makes 
exit criminal, a right that is mine. I want the vote. Vote, 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 I want to vote. Well, I think you're psycho, I think that it's sick. I'm queen of my home, raise my babies, that's it. Don't need to vote. No, no, she don't want to vote. Rights of citizens shall not be denied New or abridged by the United States on account of sex. We cry for freedom, oh, hear our voice and see we're equal to all men. We love all people, not just male citizens, form this most perfect We may just start greatness for the ages. Freedom, it is contagious. March, march, be courageous. Fighting for our rights. We may just start greatness for the ages. Remember the ladies. Not to be above, but equal to all men. We only ask to be part of this union. Comme dirait le français, c'est democracy. Permettez-moi participer. I'm a citizen. It is just an amazing song. You know, that one line, we had our babies and that's it. <laughs> anyway, for you just joining, I want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, its board of directors, its members, or women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And without further ado, I want to introduce my guest. Joining me on the phone is Molly Murphy McGregor, one of the co-founders of the National Women's History Project, now known as the National Women's History Alliance. Welcome, Molly. Welcome once again to Women's Spaces, and it's, it's, and it's truly Hello, an honor to friends. have you. In Sonoma County, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, what a great introduction uh, that. I just can't hear that song enough, and the video is just great. Uh, people's creativity uh, is just—it just is what we need so desperately right now to to remember how connected we are, and that um, 
that we're, we're using our voices. So th- thanks for that introduction. That was great. Well, we're going to play another. We'll take a little as we talk, and then I'm going to take another little musical break, if you don't mind, and we'll just play the other half and then continue great. with our conversation. Wonderful. So, Wonderful. So let me tell the folks just a little bit about you, Molly. And also, I just want to welcome you again. I, when I look through my, my own history here, I realize this is the fifth year that you've been on Women's Spaces talking about Women's Equality Day and the National History Project, now the Alliance. And, and it's just an honor to have you. And like I said at the beginning, my claim to fame was that we went to Sonoma State together. Well, anyway, <laughs> Molly Murphy McGregor, the National Women's History Alliance Executive Director and Co-Founder and Chair of the NWHA Board of Directors. Molly is a former high school social studies teacher who has worked for over 35 years in the field of gender equity and women's history. McGregor uh, conducts women's history workshops and women's historic site tours throughout the country. She also works with state and national agencies on strategies and programs to help acknowledge and recognize the historic contributions of women. Her work in the field of multicultural women's uh, history has been widely recognized, including awards from the National Education Association, the U.S. Department of Education, and the National Association of Multicultural Education and the Association for Gender Equality Leadership in Education. Molly is accessible via email at nwhp1980 at gmail.com. You know, Molly, I have to say this. I remember us walking in Sonoma State talking about women in art, how we didn't have as much information as we needed. And when I read, I read all these accomplishments, I just want to say congratulations and thank you. I mean, that you brought such, such power to women. So thank you so, so much. Well, just remember, we've all done it together. You know, um, yes, some of us have pushed, but um, it's totally been a mass movement. When I think about, you know, the suffrage movement very often gets reduced down to 10, maybe um, years, even, you know, Mary Church Terrell might get included. But the truth is that the suffrage movement, not only did it span way over three generations, probably closer to five, it, it involved hundreds and hundreds of thousands of women and some men. So we just have to keep remembering that people like me get a lot of credit and a lot of recognition, but the only way we are able to get things done is because we do it together. Well, that that's true. Together we stand, united we, uni- united we stand together. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful thought. Well, Molly, talk about your motivation for bringing with, uh, uh, women's history to the forefront, you know, and talk about the, what, what, you know, here you are, you know, it was 1980 when all this started and, and you didn't have all these awards. You didn't have all this acclamation. Talk a little bit about, uh, has, has this in, over the years, what kind of impact has it had on women and girls? Well, you just uh, started with the Lady Gaga's version of, you know, empowerment. So to talk about the fact that young young girls today, when I when I meet young girls and they find out that, you know, Women's History Week and then Month all started here and that it started in the 1980s, they think I'm an artifact of history. They can't believe I'm still alive because <laughs> as far as they're concerned, women's history is just Women's History Month has just always existed. And as far as they're concerned, of course,
course, girls should have equal access. And, of course, um, sports. It's disgusting that sports are not um, more equal. I mean, their, their expectations and their assumptions are so wonderful mm-hmm. because... Um, They've been expanded. They've been expanded so dramatically because they've learned the stories of what women have done and what women can do. And it's that knowledge. It's that knowledge of knowing that why were people lying to me? Why why did they tell me I couldn't do it when we know the numbers of women who have? So the difference between 1980 and today is is, as dramatic well we could just look at uh, Kamala Harris as an example of of what what it means what it means to um, I mean first of all the United States is so far behind in terms of of our support for women in politics but still we have Kamala and we have uh, what she represents and even though Hillary didn't win the election we have Hillary Clinton as a model of what of what tenacity can do of, of how you keep trying how you keep at it and each time you keep at it you add more people um, to help you include it's more inclusive and and I think that that's one of the great um, benefits of women's history as we learn how connected we all are um, from the earliest indigenous women to uh, today when we see um, our refugees on, on, on our shores. It's just astounding to see how much people have done um, to help empower others. It's, it's not necessarily what leads on the news and it's certainly not what's necessarily in our textbooks, but it's in our textbooks so much more. Um, my conversion experience goes back next year. It will be 50 years. So it must have begun when I was five or something. But anyway, 50 <laughs> years ago, uh, I was teaching a, a high school class. I was a, you know, a young teacher. I, I wanted to look as intelligent as I possibly could. And one of my students asked me, what is the women's movement? And, of course, it was 1972. Shirley Chisholm ran for president of the United States. Barbara Jordan was elected um, as the first black congresswoman from Texas since since Reconstruction. Um, Ms. Magazine was published. Title IX was it was it will it wouldn't be enacted till five years later. But the whole um, uh, beginnings of Title IX happened in 1972. It was just this extraordinarily banner year. And I'm a social studies teacher, and the kid asked me, "What is the women's movement?" And so I try and look as intelligent as I possibly can, and I pause, and I said, what a good question, and let's divide into groups and look at that from the perspective of the government, what what do they say, and how about religion and society? Anyway, I had the kids divvied up into groups because, of course, the question always determines the answer. So it wasn't really just busy work. I really wanted people to begin to investigate this, their teacher included, because I didn't have a clue of what this kid was talking about. What was the so first, who, went, was, who was, the, do you remember who the first woman you found that just really, just knocked your socks off, you said, wow? Yeah, Emma, Emma Goldman. Oh, really? Emma Goldman. And I found her uh, kind of um, accidentally, I I read uh, uh, Shulmas, I forget which book I read by her, and then she had this kind of parenthetical biography. It was, it was really a adolescent biography about Emma Goldman and um, I, 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 
you know, I just couldn't believe it. When, when I went home to my history book, of course, there was one chapter in one book, and it was all about Seneca Falls and what happened in uh, 1848. These women gathered together to to do this list of grievances, and, you know, they were fed up. And, and in, in addition to that, the most controversial thing was they wanted the vote. They wanted the right to participate in their government. And for me... I had learned that more as just an academic fact. Of course, you know, I outlined the whole thing in yellow. I'm sure I scored well on the test. But for me, the reason it was my conversion experience is because my mother was dead, and I had never asked her about her life as a woman. My, I, could, I no longer had the opportunity to go back and ask the questions about, about my history as a woman, her history as a woman, my grandma's. And so for me... That was the turning point, my turning point of, oh my God, what what is wrong? Why ha- why haven't I known this? And of course, when you expand your consciousness or your thinking to include all these new questions, every part of your life changes, and you change because you have a new personal sense of empowerment. So, my short the short of the story, I went back to the classroom, owned up to the kids that I hadn't known that. And from then on, throughout the semester, every time we came to a new chapter of, you know, because at the time history was taught with such chronology, we'd ask new questions. You know, did this historic event impact men and women differently? And if it did, how? And what was the outcome? And did it impact people of color and people of cultural groups differently? Because, of course, that is the complexity of telling our story. So, yep, it was it's almost 50 years ago. Uh, it'll be 50, my anniversary is next year, but um, it's been an extraordinary journey, and I am so grateful for all the people I've shared it with, including you, Elaine. So oh, thank, thank you. you very much. Well, you know, it's interesting that you bring up mothers. I had the same feeling because one day I was I was typing something up about, I think I was writing the article for the Gazette about Women's History Month, and all of a sudden I realized that, I was born in 1940, and when I was born, my mother was 23 years old. And I realized that she had just two years prior to that, I, I, that whenever that election was, was the first time she voted. And then I realized, suddenly realized that, my God, it was only 20 years, you know, she was three years old when they first got the vote. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was an amazing thought, and it's very, very sad. You know, one of the things for my listeners, if there's any elders in your family, start talking to them. Start finding out a little bit about their history. It's really, really important. Well, you know, in, in, you know, in the past uh, 101 years, women have overcome many challenges and, and obstacles. You know, what were some of your challenges and obstacles, and what, what do you feel are still the challenges and obstacles for women as, as far as history goes? And as far as making history? Well, the obstacle from the beginning continues to be the major obstacle to get today, and that's misogyny. But, but we'll get into that. I mean, it's cultural misogyny that goes back from as far back as the creation of patriarchy. But for, for, for personally, uh, I, I, when I owned up that to my students, what, what for me was a realization I didn't know enough to be teaching, um, high school, and I came up to Sonoma State. That's where we met. Went on to graduate school to to really become involved in um, women's history, and then worked with the Sonoma County Commission on the Status of Women. And through that organization, we were able to uh, establish a Women's History Week on the school calendar. See, other teachers were just as um, 
ignorant about women's history as I was. They, they, they didn't know anything about it. So putting a week on the school calendar uh, gave them the opportunity to explore the idea that women make history. And um, the idea was so popular in Sonoma County, and, and I have to say a lot about Sonoma County because it was the coming together of so many different diverse groups of people that promoted it, that we had the first year we went to the schools with community resource women, that we recruited, you know, people. Um, when our local dentist closed her office for the week and, and instead went from classroom to classroom in dentist garb with, you know, carrying a little satchel of teeth and stuff like that for second graders, and it was shocking for second graders that there was a te- uh, woman who was a doctor. Oh, my God, she was a dentist. Oh, my God, look at these things. So from the very, very beginning, uh, we had so much interest and momentum. And then when we had this wonderful hometown parade led by the uh, the junior high school from Sebastopol with majorettes and all of that, we were able to photograph all of it. And when I went to a national conference in 1979, we took all of that. I took all of that with me to show these were these are the conference I was at was for national leaders, people that were the head of the Girl Scouts, AEUW, business and professional women. Um, how, how was that received? It was overwhelmingly received. It was it was night. It was July of 1979. It was chaired by Gerda Lerner, who was the most prominent woman in the field of women's history, person in the field of women's history, and they and she she said I said my my goal was to ask them to promote a national women's history week. And Curtis said to me, and I, I didn't realize this until she wrote about it years later. She said, well, "I don't know about that, Molly." Well, Gerda learned it, uh, changed the world, so um, <laughs> how she could have been suspicious that this wouldn't happen. But anyway, they, they, the, the nuns, the nuns that were there, they became the grassroots throughout all the Midwest. They just loved the idea, embraced the idea, and and she. Several of the women that were there had been at the National Women's Conference in Houston in 1977, and they were friends with President Carter. So they went to Carter. Other people started um, uh, to the congressional resolutions from Congress to senators, all that. It it just caught on like wildfire. It was amazing. Can I ask you a question? Let me be That was just in July. I'm sorry, what did you say? I just want to ask you one question. I'm sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. you, but the one question is, how do you feel or how do you believe that Mrs. America covered that uh, that film, Mrs. America, they just had on in Hulu? How do you feel that it, um, it covered that aspect of it? Um, you know, I, I can't really give a critique of it. I didn't watch it oh. enough. Um, it was at a time when I was supposed to be doing three or four other things, but um, that's a whole other conversation we could have about the way that the media tells the story about things that did or didn't happen, or how they highlight um, certain individuals and leave others out, but Anytime you want to talk about it, just let me know. Okay? Oh no, I think that's good. No, I, 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 I am. I want to talk about it because I've, I've watched it twice, and I'm thinking to myself historically how, how accurate is it? What you know? So, like you said, it's another conversation. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead and continue. Well, so it, you were well received. How, how and, and remember, this was all Sonoma County. We were this at the time, this semi-rural. Podunk County, California. Not only that, none of us had PhDs um, or master degrees for that. I had dropped out of my master's degree program. So for these 
five women, Mary Ruth's daughter, Betty Morgan, Paula Hammett, Maria Cuevas, and Molly McGregor, for us to uh, be audacious enough to start this National Women's History Project that was going to promote this National Women's History Week just tells us um, the energy of the women's movement at the time, um, that, of course, we could do this because it needed to be done. So all the women there, and there were, I think, 39 women altogether. It was a, a mass effort, so much so that that was just July of 1979. And you know how slowly things pass through Congress and stuff. Anyway, that was July of 79. And that following February, I was the director of the Commission on Status Women, and I received a call um, in my office. And I, it was lunchtime, I answered the phone, you know, Commission on the Status of Women. And the voice on the other end of the phone said, this is the White House calling for Molly McGregor. And I said, one moment, please. And I put them on hold because um, I was so flabbergasted, I, I, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> Anyway, when I went back on the line, it was Sarah Weddington calling because she was a special assistant to President Carter, telling telling me that President Carter was going to issue a presidential proclamation calling on the American people to recognize the week of March 8th, International Women's Day, as... um, as a celebration of the extraordinary history of American women. So that was the beginning. And How did you feel? What did, what, did you jump up and down and scream? <laughs> uh, uh, Elaine, I couldn't talk, and you know what that's like for me. I, I just, it, uh, well, so much, so many things that happened, it, it's like you almost, almost think you dreamt it. But no, it, it was beyond anything we had thought about. And because Carter issued that presidential proclamation, um, then... Uh, uh, Barbara Mikulski, who at the time was in the House of Representatives, she joined hands, if you can believe this, the only legislation they joined hands with. She joined hands with Orrin Hatch in the U.S. Senate, because Orrin Hatch is Mormon, and so he's very interested in history. So Hatch and Mikulski then put in a resolution, a congressional resolution, for the next year, uh, because he every year... It changed. The dates changed because it was always around um, March 8th. So, of course, every year March 8th changed. So they started it then, Mikulski and Hatch. And then later on it was picked up. Mikulski went on the Senate and uh, Barbara Boxer picked it up. And so we had this ongoing lobbying effort for seven years of trying to uh, finally say, how about March being Women's History Month? Because then we don't have to keep going back and... And see, the other thing is sometimes um, Women's History Week would fall on uh, Easter vacations or, or things like that. So, um, so again, it was it was Senator Hatch, I have to say, who who went to the mat with Strom Thurmond. Strom Thurmond thought it was totally inappropriate to ever talk about the fact that women had been servants and slaves and stuff like that. But because it was a Republican who pushed for it um, in 1987, and this was after 14 states had already declared the entire month of March as Women's History Month. But anyway, in 1987, Congress declared March as a National Women's History Month, and we've just been building on everything since. Well, it's 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 a marvelous story. So we're coming pretty pretty quickly to the uh, the segment is coming to a, a halt, and I think I don't know if we're going to have time. You think we'll have time to pay that second uh, portion, uh, Ken? No, I, I think we we need to continue. Maybe we'll end it a little bit. Um, well, uh, well, one of the things you could do is you could recommend to people how they can go to go- they can Google it. 
Just Google it on YouTube, and yes, it's called Bad uh-huh. Romance, and it's just absolutely, and there's so much, there's a lot of controversy around this song, too. I mean, it's just amazing, but over three, over three million, uh, there's been well over three million hits of listening to it. And also, just to my listeners, we will put the link to the full song on www.womenspaces.com. Well, Molly, I want to, I want to ask you another question here. You know, 2020, it was such a disappointment on so many levels because so many things had been planned. And I, and I hope you got my email that the uh, Board of Supervisors is going to recommend the calendar that the National Organization for Women put out for the uh, centennial that in 2020 uh, as a gold resolution and, and as a historic piece for the county, which I'm very excited about. So... Can you talk a little bit about uh, the pandemic and uh, how that impacted the whole celebration? And what were what were some of the things that came out of this of this year of celebration? And what were some of the thoughts that you had? Well, I I, I will be glad to, and I will also tell you, and I'll email these links. Well, we we don't have them yet, but uh, we did a whole film on on the things that did happen in 2020 and that are being carried over to 2021. It's a, a, a just a brilliant piece that's narrated by Bob Cooney, who who did all most of the work. So so that will be available for people visually as well as in a narrative. And and I'll send that to you, and then you can announce it to your uh, viewers. We're waiting to get the link up. But what I what I'd say about 2020 is that the the best part of it was all the organi- organizing that went up to 2020. I mean, it's so sad. The literally hundreds of thousands of events that had to be either postponed or canceled. Um, the the amount of work that people put into those events. But the good part of it was the amount of work they put into it made them closer, linked them closer, um, had them face difficulty closer. And we're seeing this just. Uh, dazzling, dazzling um, array of women's history programs and um, groups coming forward from from their work on 2020 and continuing it through 2021. The reason that the National Women's History Project has become the National Women's History Alliance is because our early on we produced the curriculum, we produced the videos, we did all of that because there just wasn't enough information about women's history. Well, now there is, and now there's several sources, so you can double-check and triple-check just, you know, by Google and and other sources. Uh, But what we want to do is we want people to know about how easily they could incorporate this into their bedtime stories for their kids or teaching whatever their, you know, whatever subject, whatever subject matter you're teaching. It doesn't have to be history. How easy it would be to incorporate this information to give boys and girls alike a much better sense of who women are, what we've done. And for me, the overarching idea of respect, if we really understood who we are and what we've done, it increases our sense for for boys, their respect for women and girls, and for girls and women, their sense of respect for themselves. So our goal with with the Alliance is to really work with the hundreds of organizations that now exist that are promote that are producing women's history materials you'll see um if you're on our mailing list where we have a, a petition that's going up uh tomorrow uh it's on change.org and it will be for women's equality day to become a federal holiday about we know time it's not going to happen in a year but we figure we'll start the momentum now 
maybe certain states will pick it up like they did um, for uh, June June 19th, you know, maybe. Oops, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. But we have to begin. And so that that's what we're doing. And I just cannot tell you how much excitement, interest, um, passion, commitment there now for people to move forward with with telling women's stories and and hopefully for looking at each other and telling our own stories and and looking at each other without judgment but instead with questions so that's, well you know that's, women, that's our goal you know women's spaces the, the theme is dedicated to ordinary women doing extraordinary things and as i go through you know i do a section every every week on our history is our strength and as i go through it i find out oh my god these are just ordinary women i mean uh-huh. this uh, stan was a housewife for heaven's sakes you know i mean just these women coming together with the idea of equality and the idea of being able to stand up and speak out and i think it's very important and it's very important more and more as we evolve i mean especially Especially right now with the climate change crisis and the everything that's happening in Afghanistan and the discussion around the Afghan women and I mean at least there's a discussion. You know, exactly. I was I was listening to I was listening to the news and they were talking about the Afghan women and I thought to myself, you know, it's about time people start thinking about women and children and how they're impacted with these wars and how they're trying how they're trying to evolve. Well, you know, you see how different that is. That that was never ever even part exactly. of the before. And, and, and as women, you know, as women, you know, one of the, one of the things that I believe is, you know, if there's such a thing as a creator, we were created to bring forward life. Whether we have children or don't have children, it's still, that's still within our bodies, that history. We have the history of all life in our bodies. I mean, it's about time we stood up for the women and children across the globe and stop, mm-hmm. and stop killing them and hurting them. I mean, it's, it's really, it's, it's, I don't want to get into that. But anyway, I, one of my questions was, any special events and i just want you to elaborate a little more it sounds like you're having a petition that you want people There'll to be a s- petition on uh, change.org and the petition basically said uh, says uh, uh we demand uh, a day to celebrate and recognize um uh, women's historic achievements you know well of course it's focusing on um equal rights um the, it's not about just the equal rights amendment but it's all about our our participation in democracy yes we have women's history month and that's really good and it's celebrated in so many different ways but we want the the federal government eventually to designate a real day so that you know there of all the programs and celebrations that happened uh, before after and during 2020 it, it doesn't even begin to um to seep into the major culture like a federal holiday does uh and and that's what we're, we're aiming for. Our first goal is to promote it so that people will, re- because the federal government now does celebrate Women's Equality Day with programs, not with not with time off or anything. But they've been celebrating it because of Bella Absig for a very long time as a federal day of recognition. This petition is to build on that momentum and build on it in such a way that that the demand for a national day for women would just be a given because it's kind of like the way we spread the word for women's history week and then month you just need to build them the momentum but in order to build the momentum people need to know why it's so important you know why is it important to know our history uh, well my god just look at the wars we've been in if you think what's not important to know our history so well Molly, so that's what that's what it's about 
Molly, we've come to the end of our segment, and I just want you to know how much I love you. Can you please give us your website, how they can get a hold of you? Uh, my, my, our website, and, and I'll give you our old one because it's easiest and everything goes there anyway, uh, N is in national, W is in women, H is in history, P is in project, dot O-R-G. My email, uh, please email me if you have requests or whatever. Um, my email is Edison National W's and Women, H's in History, P is in Project, 1980 at gmail.com. Well, Molly Murphy McGregor, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for achieving this amazing goal for all of us and for being a Women's Bases guest once again every every year this year. And it's very, very exciting. And I look forward to our conversation about Mrs. America. Yeah. You know I have opinions about a lot of things. And, and, and now that we're at the age that we get to be wise, we get to even share them more um, um, openly, let's say. So just just ask me what I think, and I'll tell you. And I look forward to that. Well, special thank you to Molly Murphy McGregor, co-founder of the National Women's History Project, for all she has done to bring history of women to generations of women. And my generation was definitely enlightened. You know, and I, like I do with every one of my shows, I remind people of the, that the children are our future, and we must never lose sight of that. This is Elaine Beholtz. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time. The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, August 23rd, 2021.